Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Preemptive Merry Christmas to you all. Most of you probably know me, but for those who don't, my name's Mike. I'm not a pastor here, but I am on the preaching team, and it's my privilege and responsibility to share with you this morning. But before we go any further, let's pray. Father God, we thank you that we can come here openly sharing in the joy that is worshipping you. We thank you for this Christmas season and for the greatest gift of all that we could have ever received, Jesus Christ our Lord. We pray for those who find pain in this season through struggles or past memories. We pray for your hand of compassion and peace upon them. And we pray that even as we enjoy our time with family and friends and eating nice food and opening presents and things, we can keep our hearts on the thing that matters most, namely you. Pray that if there's anything that's troubling us from the, the week behind or the week ahead, that we can, you can come in and clear that out of our minds for the, the morning and help us to hear your word and to accept it into our hearts and know what it is that you desire from us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I want to invite the kids up to the front of the church here for a kids' talk before we start the sermon proper. Young kids, old kids, kids at heart, adults who want to act like kids, everyone's welcome. Come on up. Just, just down there, thanks. <laughs> you can just sit down here. We're not, not performing for the audience. <laughs> you did a pretty impressive job last week, I'll give you that. It was, it was a good service. All right. How is everyone? Are you all excited for Christmas tomorrow? I forgot to bring the microphone. Thanks again. Cool. What excites you about Christmas? The presents. The presents. Anyone else? Be because um, Santa. Because Santa? What are you excited about, Zeke? Uh, because, well, I'm just excited because it's Christmas. Fair enough. Excited because it's Christmas. I think we all feel that. And there are a lot of things that excite me about Christmas. The food, the presents, being with my family, having time off from work, watching the Boxing Day cricket match. But the thing that excites me most is a present. What do you all think of this big present? Does that look pretty cool? No? Oh. What do you think is inside? Anyone care to take a guess? A baby. A baby? Oxygen. Oxygen? There's always one, isn't there? Well, this is a special present. It's not one that I'm going to be giving to anyone, and it's not one that I'm receiving tomorrow. It's one that I was given 2,000 years ago. Do you think that I'm old enough to have been given a present 2,000 years ago? 
I asked for that. <laughs> well, I was actually promised this present about 4,000 years ago. It's a very, very long time. And the cool thing is we were all promised this present. But before we open it, and we are going to open it, I'm going to ask you another question. Have you ever done something naughty? Oh, there's a bit of a bit of hesitation there. You ever been told off by mum and dad, sent, put in the naughty corner or sent to your rooms? Yes, no? A few, few differing opinions here. Hands up if mummy or daddy have ever said that you've been naughty. There's a few adults in this room that I think might be lying to us. <laughs> Mine have definitely said that to me. They're over there and I'm sure they'll have some stories if you ask them. Well, a long time ago, God looked down at the world. He saw that everyone was being naughty. Some of the people, they tried to be good, but they still did naughty things. Have you ever felt that way? You've tried really, really hard to be good and do the right thing, but you've still ended up doing something naughty? Yeah? Oh, that's all right. I won't ask for the stories. <laughs> well, the Bible says that we're all like that. We all do naughty things. You do it, I do it, Pastor Ian does it, Pastor Gavin does it, your parents do it. We all do naughty things. Even when we try really, really hard, we still end up doing naughty things. And that means that God needs to punish us and tell us off. And that can sound a bit scary. But God loves us. Just like your mum and your dad still love you when they say you're being naughty and they send you to your room, God still loves us when he says that we're being naughty. But because we're naughty, what we deserve is to be told off and sent away from God. But if God wants sent us away, we wouldn't get to go to heaven. And he wants us to be in heaven with us. He wants to enjoy our company and have fun with us and do great things with us. So that puts God in a bit of a difficult spot. But luckily for us, God is really smart. And he has a plan. He knew a way to fix our naughtiness, to take it away from us, so that we could all go up to heaven with him. He made us a promise. And he promised us that somebody else would come along and get punished and get sent away for a time so that all of our naughtiness could be wiped away and we could go to heaven with God. And who is that someone? Who said that? Jesus. Jesus, yes, that's always the answer in Sunday school talk, or kids talk, either or. So, back to our big present. What do you think's inside? <laughs> who haven't I asked yet? Anyone? Baby Jesus. Baby Jesus. All right, well, let's have a look. What do we have? It's baby Jesus. A bit better than oxygen, I think. <laughs> ah, there's all, always one. All right, thanks for your help, kids. You can go back and sit with your parents. I assume that there's some sort of coloring paper, pencils thing for you to do. Or you can continue to listen if you like. That's good too. You're just going to cuddle the baby Jesus, are you? Well, my little girl might get a bit jealous because it's her little baby. 
at. As it is the Christmas season, or Advent as you may know it, we've been going through the Christmas story as we do each year. And the verse that I was given to preach on is in Luke. Uh, helps if I turn this on. That's not the slide that I was expecting. There we go. Luke 2.11, today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. A saviour is born. I think it's fair to say most of us love babies. We love how cute and cuddly and innocent they are. And so we celebrate them. It's not, not everyone I know. I didn't used to have any interest in babies until I became an uncle and then a dad and got to experience the joy of it myself. But I think most of us love them, especially if we get to hand them back to mum or dad when they start to smell or make noise. Yeah, you can see a few grandparents nodding. But babies are born all the time. As I'm saying this right now, there are babies being born all over the world. Over the course of history, literally billions of babies have been born. So it has to be asked, why do we celebrate this baby in particular? Why don't we celebrate the cute little baby, I hope I'm getting this name right, Zadaya, who was up here before? Why don't we get together at Christmas and celebrate your babies or mine? Why is baby Jesus so special? He didn't do any miracles or heal any sickness or save any sins that the Bible tells us about until he grew up and became an adult. So why don't we just focus on that? For a number of years, I was what you might refer to as an Easter Christian. I thought Christmas was kind of pointless. And maybe you've met people who are like this. Maybe you are a person who's like this. A baby being born is just a baby being born. It's the cross that's the important bit. It's Jesus' ministry when he grows up in the later parts of the gospel. So why do we put so much time and effort and money into celebrating the wrong thing? Why are we doing it backwards? Well, we're not really, but it took me a while to understand that. But to, to dig into that a bit more, I want to rewind much further back. When I started researching for this sermon... I went to Google and I asked it to define the word Messiah for me. And the answer that I got was the promised anointed one. And that word promised is what we're going to be pursuing today. You see, God has always been on a mission to draw us, his creations, back to their creator. From the day that Adam and Eve ate of the fruit in the garden and got cast out, he has desired us to restore. He's desired to restore us to him. And he promised us this again and again and again. And so the birth of this particular baby represents the fulfillment of 2,000 or so years of God's holy promises to his people. We're going to take a brief tour of those promises. When I was doing my research, I found out that the, according to scholars, there are over 300 promises made in the Old Testament by God that were fulfilled in Jesus' life death and resurrection, which is a, a couple too many for me to go through today. So we're just going to go through a brief selection of them. To Abraham and to Jacob promises were made that a blessing is coming. Genesis 12, 2 and 3. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. 
I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Genesis 26, 4 and 5. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and will give them all these lands. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required of him, keeping my commands, my decrees and my instructions. That specific wording, all peoples on earth, through, through your offspring, all nations will be blessed. God repeats that again and again and again. These are just two examples of that phrase. And then moving forward to David, he promises that a king is coming. When your days are over and you go to be with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, one of your own sons, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for me, and I will establish his throne forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. I will never take my love away from him, as I took it away from your predecessor. I will set him over my house and my kingdom forever. His throne will be established forever. In the Psalms, we are promised a teacher is coming. My people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable and I will utter hidden things, things from of old. To Job and to Joseph, he promises that a redeemer is coming. I know that my Redeemer lives, and in the end, he will stand on the earth. After my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes, I and not another. How my heart yearns within me. And then in Matthew, this is an angel coming to Joseph in a dream. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And then through Isaiah, God declares to the world that he is coming. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. So a blessing is coming. A king is coming. A teacher is coming. A redeemer is coming. God himself is coming. These are the promises made throughout the Bible. And again, just a small selection of them. These are the promises made to Abraham, to Jacob, to Judah, to J David, Asaph, Isaiah, Job, the forefathers in the, of the church and Christianity. These are the promises fulfilled in Jesus. And this is the reason why the birth of the baby Jesus deserves recognition and celebration above that of other babies. This is everything that we as humans the broken and sinful creations of a loving and righteous father need, all made manifest in the birth of just one child. And so we are blessed to receive that which was promised to us. Jesus, our king, who has authority over evil, over sickness, and even over death. Jesus, our teacher, 
who guides us through the deceptions of this world and towards the truths of heaven. Jesus, our Redeemer, who laid down his life for us that we may live. Jesus, God, made flesh among us. All of the great things that we needed were, of course, accomplished by Jesus when he was an adult. But in keeping with our established theme from the start, the birth of Christ was like being handed a present with the wrapping still on. The present still needed to be opened to reveal its full glory. Jesus still needed to grow into adulthood to be our blessing, our King and our Redeemer. But this was the moment that that perfect gift was given to us. This was the moment that all those promises started their fulfilment. And that is absolutely worth celebrating. Those of you who have spent a lot of time in the church have probably heard the phrase, Jesus is the reason for the season. It, it, it gets sent around. And it's true, it is. But it doesn't mean much until we understand what the reason for Jesus is. We don't just pick one random baby to swoon over each year. We celebrate Christmas because the birth of Christ has great meaning to us. This is God's love. This is our salvation. This is what cleanses and redeems us. This Christmas season, let me encourage you to celebrate, as you celebrate, to dwell upon the reason why. As you sit down to share a big Christmas meal tomorrow, and you give thanks to God for sending Jesus to us, take the time to really think about what that actually means. Blessing. King. Teacher. Redeemer. God with us. Which of these gifts is the one that you really need to unwrap and appreciate this year?